Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Episode 604 on my podcast, A Hometown Rambling, right here on the Talk Shoe Network. I'm your host, Russ Hale, and we are one of the longest-running single-hosted pop culture podcasts in Ontario. Welcome to the show. Now, you're saying to yourself, hey, Russ, this is like uh, like another, you know, not two weeks in a row, you play another show. Well, you know, I just have content that needs to get to, and I want to talk about it this week. And... With with the, the events this past weekend, I did want to talk about it before it gets too old. Now, of course, due to the ongoing global pandemic, a lot of things this summer, uh, including a lot of conventions and a lot of things that usually happen, like um, things like the San Diego Comic-Con, a lot of conventions have been, you know, put on hold until next year. And as a result of that, you know, usually this time of year at San Diego, we get big announcements from Warner Brothers and big announcements from, you know, Marvel and all that kind of stuff. Well, because E3, because San Diego Comic-Con happened virtually this year, and instead of doing something there, the good folks at DC, DC said, no, we're going to do our own thing. And this past weekend, we had part one of DC Fandome which is where they had a 24-hour event or an eight hours worth of footage that rotated, you know, three times, showcasing a lot of the upcoming things when it comes to DC movies, TV shows, and video games. And it was very interesting. A lot of the stuff was stuff they definitely would have done if uh, Comic-Con had, you know, not been virtual. And since I cover a lot of stuff, DC and pop culture, I thought, you know what, I can take a moment and, and just run down what I thought of the event, part one of the event. Now, I got to say, overall, the, the presentation of it was pretty good. You had all these, quote, virtual hosts, many of them whom I've never heard of before, kind of presenting this stuff. And the, the artwork was all, you tell it was like done in a green screen, but it was designed by Jim Lee and looked really gorgeous. I mean, if they ever built something like that in reality, that kind of setup, it would be amazing. So the all the um, all this eight hour event that rotated three times was where it was almost like a convention. You had you know trailers and you had panels and all these panels were done with people talking probably via Zoom or, or Skype or some kind of messaging thing. Now, because of just, you know, that's a lot of stuff to watch. I didn't get a chance to watch all eight-hour block of it. But I'll tell you what I did see. I got, I got a good chunk of it. Now, the thing kicked off with a Wonder Woman 1984 panel and had all the cast there, you know, all talking virtually with, um, with, you know, there with, you know, Gal Gadot and all the stars of it and the director as well. And it was a nice thing. Now, keep in mind, unlike most panels you get at a convention, this wasn't like a good 45 minutes because usually it's like so many minutes and they give spaces for Q&A. This one only lasted like maybe, I'm going to say 25 minutes or so, but it was very insightful. They, they talked about making the movie and they definitely... I mean, Warner Brothers made this really clear that this is going to get a theatrical release sometime in the fall. And whether America gets it, that's another story. Because at the time of this recording, uh, many movie theaters, including many here in Canada, 
are reopening up. Now, of course, there'll be restrictions. You'll, you know, you have to go there wearing a mask. Uh, you go anywhere now, you have to wear a mask if you go into a building. And, you know, they'll space out the seatings and be reserved seatings and there'll be rules. But, but they are reopening uh, in a lot of countries, but not so much America. Uh, so far, uh, what's opened in theaters has been Bill and Ted, third movie, um, and uh, the SpongeBob, new SpongeBob movie opened up. So, yeah, so DC and Warner, they are determined. So whether or not America's ready, it's, it's hitting theaters. And we here in Canada and across the world may see this movie before the U.S. does, which is... Wow, I never thought I'd see the day when that happened. So I'm holding high hopes. And yes, to answer your question, if this opens up in the theater like I'm hoping it to, and to me locally, yes, I will put on a mask and I will use my movie stuff that I got for Christmas and I will make an effort to go see Wonder Woman 1984. I, cause, and so they had this panel and they showed off the second official trailer. I still get a kick. Out of walking around my my area here in the Niagara region and seeing potato chips with Wonder Woman on them because it should have been in theaters by now. Um, so in addition to the discussion, they showed the second trailer and the second trailer, Lord Almighty, it just makes me want to see it more. And you actually got very fleeting glimpses of Cheetah in full Cheetah mode. And from what I could see, and they did a lot in darkness, it looks a little bit better. Then, then the the cats from the cats movie. I'm really hoping it is because those CGI kitties looked horrible <laughs> in, the, in the trailer for that. So we got a taste of it. So you know, if if you didn't get a chance to check that out, hopefully they'll at least put the trailers online. But it it was very intriguing and just makes me want to see it more uh, when it comes to that. So you had that. That kicked things off. Then they had a uh, Warner Brothers Ga Warner Brothers <laughs> Montreal game announcement. And a lot of people were anticipating this because, you know, if they're like, okay, next Arkham game, here we go. Because they've been rumors for a while. And although, yes, there will be a game based in Gotham <laughs> come, come 2021. Oh, these game announcements, 2021, just pains me. Um, it is not at least to the start of it going to feature the, the, you know, Bruce Wayne, uh, in this game officially called Gotham Knights. Cause there had been rumors of the name of it. You not only control one hero, but four heroes and started this game. Batman is gone. Although how gone we shall see. He stays and in his place to defend the streets of Gotham, is is members of the Bat family, including Batgirl, Nightwing, Robin slash Tim Drake, and um, Red Hood are all are, are picking up, you know, to, to defend the city. And the, the interesting thing about this gameplay is it features co-op mode. So you can play one player and switch between the two characters or play two player at the same time. That's pretty cool. And it looks like it incorporates a lot of the combo moves that we saw when you played um, um, Arkham Knight, uh, like the story mode, and some of them in kind of the um, the uh, extra content as well. So that's cool. I know a lot of Bat fans are going like, really? Yeah, but but we'll see, you know, what happens. But I'm excited to play it. And it looks like it will be coming out for current gen systems. Yay! So I'm I'm happy for that. You know, it's gonna be a long dang wait. More on current gen systems a little later. <laughs> so we saw that. And then they had a Sandman universe enter the dreaming panel. I have no interest in Sandman. Sorry, Neil Gaiman. I didn't watch it. I didn't care. Um, then they had a multiverse one-on-one panel, which is just them talking about the multiverse, and they had um they had the the showrunner for um, for the Arrowverse shows was on it, and then uh, some other people involved with DC. They talked about the multiverse and how the whole Grant Gustinson, Ezra Miller Flash thing happened, that kind of stuff. Then they had a Flash panel, which was very short, had a bit of a teaser for season seven, and of course that ties into what I'm talking about today. <laughs> so that was there. 
uh, on the on the on on you know Skype, Zoom, of course, all the panels were that way. Nobody was seeing anybody in person. So that was interesting. It it hinted on what may to come in in season seven, uh, and uh, we'll talk more about Flash later this episode. Then they had a panel on the Suicide Squad, and this was an interesting one. Had James Gunn, who 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 said in this panel that this was the best movie he's ever done, which really kind of slaps in the face of all the movies he's done before with Marvel. <laughs> so I don't know about that statement, James. Do you, do you not want to work for Marvel anymore? Okay. Um, so, uh, so he was just gushing about this movie and the cast for Suicide Squad 2 is huge in this one. They they are really, you know, doubling up. And some of the people in the cast playing some of these villains, you have Peter Capaldi is in this, Nate Fillion, um, you know, a lot of interesting names. And but they warned <laughs> Don't, 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 you know, don't get too invested in some of these characters. They have characters like the polka dot man, you know, so much like um, that sequence in Deadpool 2. Um, I think a lot of these characters they announced. Oh, and John Cena. <laughs> Not the first wrestler we'll see. Uh, plays the character in this. But they warned, they said, you know, a lot. And Mike, Mike, Mike Rooker. Um, they, they warned that um, a lot of these characters may not make it to the end of the movie. And yeah, so <laughs> expect. Uh, a high body count um, in this one, the villain side. Uh, and then, of course, coming back, returning the role, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Deadshot is back. Um, and um, Captain Boomerang is back in this one as well. So, yep, you know, a lot of returning cast uh, members. Although I think the actor from playing Deadshot is different. <laughs> I could be wrong. So, so that, is, and they showed a bit of a clip behind the scenes. So, and they showed some of Harley's costume. Looks really good. And I'm um, definitely look forward to seeing that coming out. Then they had a panel on uh, B-A-W-S-E, females of a color within the DC universe. I just didn't have time to watch that one, so I can't tell you what that one was about so much. Uh, Legacy of the Bat panel. I, I missed that one as well. Uh, bodies I couldn't catch, so I'm not sure what that one uh, was about per se. Uh, when it, when it came to that, um, they had a Chris Doughty performance. I'm not a big fan of his, so I just skipped it. Uh, there was one on the Joker put on a happy face. Not sure what that one was about. Could have been announcing the, um, another sequel. I don't know. There was a Jim Lee portfolio review, uh, with fan art. Skipped it. Don't, you know, can't do much about that one. A surprise DC Comics panel. I am not sure what that one was. I, I missed that one. So some of these I missed because a man has to sleep, people. And I'm working now. So, you know, it's just timing. Uh, I did see the um, the Snyder cut of Justice League panel. And they did show a um, trailer for the Snyder cut. Man, that looks good. I mean, we have the, he's put back in Desaad and Darkseed. Or Dark Side. Let me say Dark Side. Dark Side in 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 this movie, and it's going to be a um, four part cut of the movie, one hour each, airing on HBO Max. And Frost, who can't get it, he said that there will be they, they do plan on getting it out to people who don't get it. So I'm hoping, and as soon as I know, I'll let you know, folks. There'll be a video release of this for all the people who can't get HBO Max. So that was that. We did have a Flash TV um, panel, which was cool. Uh, we had a lot of the cast of um, of, of the movies. Movie. <laughs> so, so, actually, sorry. So, I stand corrected. So, earlier in the day, boop, 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 we had them talk about the... Um, yeah, so, so we had that. So, we had that the Flash TV panel show up. And we got a brief... A tease of uh, of season seven that happened. Then we had the um, do, 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 do. whoops whoops whoops, and then we had the Shazam panel, which is super cool, and and it had the Rock basically coming on talking, 
behind a green screen with some, like ancient stuff, talking about the character of Black Adam, what he wants to do in it, answering answering the concerns of people who are like, hey, you know, is this going to be the Black Adam that's like vicious? And is this, you know, like, ah, kind of Black Adam? And they said yes. They confirmed that he confirmed that will be. He teased an interaction with Superman down the road. Um, I'm thinking that, um, <laughs> that, Probably that will be in Shazam too. That's what they're kind of saying about that. Uh, we shall see. So, so that was uh, hinted at as well. We did get a uh, tease um, during this event of uh, of the the Flash TV show, and, or not the the, the besides Flash TV show, also the Flash movie. So apparently that's still happening. And Ezra Miller, despite what happened with him in the media a while back, he looks to be still a part of this movie. So that is still happening, folks. For all you were saying, oh, Ezra Miller, he's not going to do it again. As of this, that looks like it's happening. So go figure. Then that, um, so those two as well, <laughs> they didn't show... They did give a good idea with the, with the Black Adam one, what his costume is going to look like, and it looks really good. So that that CNN thing on like real life heroes, age of the coronavirus, I I missed it. I had no interest in watching that. You know, I watch superhero stuff. Yeah, there are people out there, so I skipped that. Uh, they had Titans TV panel, which was super cool. Had the t- cast talking about the Titan show and hinting, hinting on what's to come for season three. Although they didn't show too much teaser about that. There was an Aquaman uh, one as well, too. They teased what was happening uh, possibly with Aquaman 2, uh, which had the director and Orm on it. No, Jason Momoa. Uh, <laughs> they had a funny segment where it was um, um, Ask Harley Quinn. <laughs> well, <laughs> where they had the animated Harley Quinn from the Harley Quinn TV show, which I hope to review soon on this program. Um, ask fan, uh, answer fan questions, which was kind of funny. Uh, they had a, a Wonder Woman 80th celebration panel where it was the director, Gal Gadot, and Linda Carter. Linda Carter was all over this, which is great to see. She looks fantastic. And so she uh, took, took part in that and they, they, Said that, you know they owed a lot to her, and and I thought that was great. That Linda Carter is still in the mix and looking fantabuloso. Um, they did have um, one on tomorrow, superheroes with Jim Lee, brought to you by Gold House. Didn't really watch that much. Uh, then they had a Shazam panel, uh, which was cool. They they talked about what's coming up with that. Not a lot of too many hints, but the way it goes. They did have this weird featurette, this weird panel with, with the Wonder Woman cast where they played this game called Werewolf. They, she played on set. It's totally skippable. It was just like, okay, just the cast having fun playing this weird game. So, yeah, you know, it is what it is. The, the, the day uh, rounded up uh, with a, a Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League t- t- uh, teaser by Rocksteady. So Rocksteady isn't doing the new Batman game. They're doing this. Um, and it looks really good. It's it's like you have Harley, uh, Captain Boomerang, King Shark, and Deadshot all um, having to kill the Justice League. And it looks really gorgeous. But... Let you know, looks like it's only coming out for the next-gen systems, which is PlayStation 5 or Xbox X. So for all you like me, you still have the current gen, you're going to be SOL uh, when it comes to that new game, which really annoys me because it looks cool. But that, as far as I know, it's only coming out for next-gen systems. And then the the festivities wrapped up with a look at The Batman, uh, starring Robert Pattinson. The director was on with Aisha Taylor, of all people, talking about the movie and how it's going to work into the T- GCPD show they're talking about. And they finally showed a clip for it, because um, they couldn't show too much, because they got shut down mid-production with, with the global pandemic. It looks good, though. i got to say, Pattinson, the costume isn't too bad. Um, the car looks good. And and it was very atmospheric. 
as well, and I like that. Oh, and also with the game one, they um, with the with the um, Gotham Knights, they also teased ah uh, the, the Court of Owls, which is really really spooky thing. That so two really good games um, coming out later. Surprisingly, and that's how it ended the show. Surprisingly, still quite the BB. What are you doing? No announcement about the Lego Star Wars Complete Saga. That game, I don't know what's happening to it. It was supposed to come out months, maybe more than a year ago. Denada, you would have thought. Um, they, WB would have dropped something here, maybe, but it's not DC-related, so maybe that's why they didn't say anything. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea when that movie's coming, that, that game's coming out. I talked to... I went to talk to somebody at EB not too long ago, and they said, oops, not even on the release schedule anymore. So, who knows? I really want to play it. I've not played a new Lego game in a very long time. Uh, but nothing there. So, <laughs> we wait. So that's my take on the DC Phantom Part 1. Part 2 will air again in September. They, they broke it up, so all the shows and stuff maybe you didn't hear about, you'll hear about in September. So I'll try to cover that, too. I don't know what my schedule is going to be work-wise, so I don't know how much of it I'll be able to catch. I was lucky that I got most of it this time. Overall, interesting presentation. Uh, it, it missed, you know, Q&As and fan reactions, like real people reactions in rooms. So it didn't have that same kind of feel as a con that way. But still lots of interesting announcements uh, going forward. Lots of things coming up. And it looks like the, the, the DC juggernaut, at least media-wise, isn't slowing down anytime soon. So we got a lot to look forward to with DC fans. So that's that on the show this week, or this episode. Man, you know, I talked a lot at the start. But hey, it all ties in. I'm going to start things off and going off. Um, back more than 50 years or so to visit an old film newly released on Blu-ray, and that is Sunset Boulevard, but not the musical, by Billy Wider, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment. Then we go from uh, California to New York with the Blu-ray review of, uh, the Blu-ray review of The King of Staten Island, courtesy of Universal Home Entertainment. And then I was speaking about Flash Forward, go from the King of Staten to the King of Speed with my Blu-ray review of The Flash, the complete sixth season on Blu-ray, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment, as I continue my CW last season roundup, until I can think of a better name. Uh, started that Batwoman, uh, this week it's Flash, and hopefully uh, more CW shows to come. So that's all on this episode of Ramble with Russell. So I'm going to take a quick little musical interlude right up the first review of the show. My first Blu-ray movie review for this episode is Sunset Boulevard, circa 1950, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment. Now, this is a, a classical movie by Billy Wilder, very much in the film noir kind of setting. It's one of those ones that, that they actually made it <laughs> later developed into a musical. One of my favorite musicals of all time and, and fun fact here, Ramblers, there, there's a song from the musical Sunset Boulevard that I auditioned for a production of Damn Yankees for many years ago, but I had to drop out due to a work schedule so I was that close to being in a musical, but that didn't happen. So, so <laughs> this movie's always, you know, had a bit of a connection for me, the story is is a is a classic kind of tale of a a down on his luck um, writer uh, of Joe Gillis, or Gillis, sorry, played by William Holden. If you know your oldie kind of movies, Holden he was a big star back in the day. So this out of luck kind of struggling writer stumbles across an old starlet, uh, the character of Norma Desmond, played by Gloria Swanson. Who, who is who's still trying to get back into the limelight. And, and the movie has a really interesting setup because you get the end of the movie at the start of the movie. That's, that's how revolutionary they were back then. And this movie has a lot of narration to it, which I've always liked narration movies. It's very reminiscent of like Blade Runner, 
or oh, Magnum PI episodes, that kind of thing. So, so you know how the movie's going to end. You just got to see how it gets there. So, so he he you know lands lands across this this old fading actress who's who has this screenplay that she just she's convinced that you know she you know presents this screenplay, then you know it's going to rise her back in stardom again because she used to be an old silent movie star and then her star is faded. So this is very much a um, a comment on the movie industry back in the day. Now, and the only companion she has ne- until Joe comes around is a, uh, a butler of her, a butler of hers, Max, played by uh, Erich von Stroheim, who was one of her former directors. And he actually was a director of Gloria Swanson. So it's, it's a weird tie in there. The other, you know, main character is the character of Betty Schaefer, played by Nancy Olsen, who is, you know, the kind of the, the love interest of Joe. Now, this is a very film noir kind of thing, and, and it's a very dark movie, but Gloria Swanson, man, she just puts on a performance. <laughs> yeah, and you can see why she used to be a silent movie star, because her eyes and her posture... And, and, and this movie spawned a lot of quotes like, you know, I'm ready for my close up, Mr. DeMille. That, that's in this movie. And it's, it's very, if you're looking for a happy ending, <laughs> you're not going to get it with this movie. It is quite the performance, um, by everybody in this. It's just as one of those nice kind of old gritty movies. The restoration, I mean, the, the, the print in this looks really good. I mean, it's probably as good a print as you're going to get on this. I never ever see this being a 4K. Yeah, yeah. And and now what's in the what's great about this release is you don't just get the movie. You get two and a half, over two and a half hours of special features with this. So not only do you get the movie, you get a lot of behind the scenes. Uh, how to make it this movie. You get deleted scene. Uh, you get... Um, a lot of behind the look at, at Paramount. A lot of the featurettes in this were done circa 2008. You get some nice old footage of Gloria Swanson talking about this when she was considerably older. You get, you know, a theatrical trailer. You, It's a lot of footage. Now, keep in mind, I watched some of this. A lot of the, these featurettes have material that repeats itself from other featurettes in this material. I don't know why. I, I hate when they do that. It's kind of lazy editing, but... Keep in mind, you're going to watch one featurette, and the next one you go, wait, I just saw that clip in the other featurette. So it is what it is. If if you're you know, wanting to experience a a, a, clue, a true piece of cinema, restored probably as good as it's going to get, then, then definitely check this out. It really is, uh, you know, it's like a, a cautionary tale from the 50s. And, and it really makes me want to see the musical. <laughs> uh, with it it's some great acting if, if you feel you know, from old cinema the, the extras in this I doubt they'll do another one a lot of the people that of course made this movie are long gone because we're talking over 70 years ago now so I doubt they could pull 20 people back from the production that used to be on it <laughs> But if you're looking for some old cinema, this is definitely one to add to your collection. The one thing um, you seem to be missing uh, with that, and it's a shame, is like commentary. I would have loved to uh, actually. Uh, uh, there is some commentary by it, but not. I'd love some like from from the actors, but it probably was too late to do that. But if you're looking for you know a uh, good film, as much extras as you're probably going to get from it. Definitely check out Sunset Boulevard. It's nice to watch old-time cinema. I mean, I love explosions, but the, the, the way it's shot and the atmosphere, and it even has one part where Max plays the organ, and it's... It's an old piece of little horror organ music, which... Pretty old cinema it's very apropos. So that is my take of Sunset Boulevard on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment.
for this week is the king of Staten Island, courtesy of the great folks at Universal Home Entertainment. Now, this is a a comedy from the director that also brought you train wrecked and knocked up. And, and you know, <laughs> I'm a little hesitant with this because it's, you know, those kind of goofball comedies. I don't review them much on the show, Ramblers, but I thought I'd give this one a try because I don't get much from Universal anymore because of, you know, global pandemic. The movie centers around, uh, I, you know, a guy in his 20s, kind of um, uh, played by Pete Davidson, who is, is just trying to make his way in the world. And this is very, it's very, a, and it's got a Scott uh, Carlin, it's very New York kind of movie. Boy, it's like uh, the Jersey Shore, but not Jersey uh, kind of movie. So it, it's, <laughs> it, it's, the, um, it's described as, so, so the story is that Scott's dad was a firefighter who, who died when Scott was very young. And it was always so raised mostly by his mother, played um, in this movie by the um, by, by Marissa Tomei. So she does a really good job uh, with it. She, it's like, hey, Marissa. So she plays kind of a mom and 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 in this guy scott is a tattoo artist that that um that is you know has dreams of doing something more so that's kind of his raison d'etre you also throw in this at one point movie his his mother like most of train is is dating his um um a, a guy who I guess it used who works at the fire department that Scott's dad used to be at Roy. So he's kind of the, um, the, I guess antagonist for most of this movie, although there is a, you know, an understanding that kind of happens right? it. It, this is a, a very kind of, um, it's kind of like a, a dramedy, a drama comedy. They now, cause there's a lot of, drama to it. There are some funny stuff. It's it's not like bust my gut laughing because maybe I'm just not directed at me kind of humor uh, with it. But it does have some heartfelt moments. I mean, it is quoted as being hilarious and heartfelt by Peter Travis Rolling Stone. The, the humor is there. I mean, there are there are moments where it made me kind of chuckle because the humor is just kind of <laughs> and then it's out there. Yeah, it is crude and crass in some ways. So if you have you know little kids, just watch the language uh, when it comes to that. And there are scenes of sexuality, um, if you will. It almost plays like an extended episode of what could have been like a TV show in, in a lot of ways to it. Now, and um, when it comes to extras, they cram a lot 
in this single disc release. I mean, I'm really impressed by it. Universal does a good job with that a lot of times. Not only do you get alternative endings, quote, which didn't work, I watched them, and even though, I don't know if they're any better than the ending in the movie. The movie got, I guess, a better ending, but the alternative ones, they just kind of went like, we could end it this way, and I'm not surprised that they didn't. A lot of deleted scenes. They have a gag reel, which is fun. I love gag reels. Uh, a linorama, which is just a segment where they do alternative takes to some lines. Because a lot of times these days, especially in comedies, it's like, okay, you're going to do this scene, but you're going to do like three or four different lines to this, and then we'll take the one we like the best. So, a bunch of that. Um, and and the, the character is weird, because at one point, Scott is going to tattoo a 10-year-old kid. You're like, what are you doing? Uh, you and So the other extras, you have a kid from Staten Island. This is just Pete uh, Davidson and Jude Apatow as they talk about the movie together. You have production diaries from Jude Apatow. You have a lot of featurettes of working with actors. So you have You're Not My Dad working with Bill Burr, who plays Roy. You have uh, Margie Knows Best working with Marissa Tomei. So that one, you have working with Pale Polly, uh, so Friends with Benefits. That is his um, love interest in the movie. You have Sibling Rivalry working with Maude Apatow, which is, he plays Scott's sister. You have Best Friends working with Ricky, uh, Moise and Lou, which is working with his friends in the movie. Then you have Papa working with Steve Buscemi. Buscemi is in this movie. Man, Buscemi is looking old. It's been a long day from the days of Armageddon. You have Buscemi in this as well, too. Another really New Yorker. Friends with Firefighters. Uh, there was a stand-up benefit that they did with that. <clears throat> and then they uh, went to um, Firefighter Fund for the area. You have Scott Davidson Tribute, which Scott Davidson actually... So Pete's dad actually was a member of the FDNY, uh, who died in, in 2001. So you have that thing. You have an official trailer. You have who is Pete Davidson. So it's a look at the filmmakers. Then to discuss how they did it. The firehouse. So it's kind of, you know, I actually shot it in a real firehouse. You have a Pete's casting Rex. So it's, it's, it's how he discussed it. You have, um, you have a thing um, of, um, uh, John Apatow shares experience with working with Pete's uh, Davidson's grandfather, and you also have commentary with Apatow and Davidson. So a lot of um, a lot of extras. Now some of these extras are strictly digital. Uh, although I did redeem the code for me, and I don't know if they actually appeared in my digital copy. So I'm just going to quickly check that FOMO stuff. So, yeah, a, a fair amount of, um, of, uh, a fair amount of extras with the streets. And nice to see commentary, because, you know, Ramblers, my biggest beef with movies and TV shows <laughs> is all these uppity directors who, um, who don't want to do commentary anymore. It's like, Jeez, you know, if I was lucky enough to direct a movie, I I guarantee you, Ramblers, I would do commentary. I would would have to say when do I need to be and what I need to do, and I'd do it. But it seems to be a lot of times that doesn't happen the way it used to happen. And I have no control over this. This is Hollywood. They do what they want, and that's the way it is. Yeah, so I didn't get, you know, I redeemed it through Google Play and I didn't get any extras. So I'm not sure what that goes with that. <laughs> Overall, it is what it is. It's very New York-centric drama. That's it. There are some help, heartfelt moments in this. A lot of extras in this. Just grab on one Blu-ray, which is impressive. And uh, it's a nice story. Just <laughs> It's one of those things that if you're usually offended by language, you know, we just... Keep that in mind. But, uh, you know, a nice little bit of drama and another side of New York, if you will. So that is my take of The King of Staten Island on Blu-ray DVD combo pack, courtesy of the great folks at Universal Home Entertainment.
review for this episode is The Flash, the complete sixth season, courtesy of great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Warner Brothers Home Entertainment provide me with a free copy of the Blu-ray I, I review on this podcast. The opinions I share are my own. So we continue my CW kind of TV catch-up from the past season with The Flash, the sixth season. And it's a very interesting season of The Flash because you not only have one, but kind of two main baddies. Now, of course, this season was cut short due to the uh, global pandemic. This, as I said, in, with the Batwoman review, this season of this show was cut short, as well as Supergirl uh, lost some episodes. The only CW Arrowverse shows that missed Losing episodes were Legends of Tomorrow because they had already filmed them and they were completed. Uh, Black Lightning Season 3 got their season because of that. And Stargirl um, will get their complete 13 because it was filmed before the pandemic hit. So, you know, and this hasn't happened in TV since like the writer's strike a few years ago where I think it was Season 7 of Smallville. Lost some episodes and it also kind of killed the Sarah... Connor Chronicles <laughs> Terminator TV show. So it's been a while. So what they did, they, they wrapped this up in 19. I originally thought it was going to be 20, but I guess they didn't have enough of 20 to do it. And and it the season ending <coughs> does, it seems like an ending, but it doesn't <coughs> in a way because when you consider this was 19 and there could have been three more, this could have been, like 19 could have been the start leading up to the season finale. But I don't know. I mean, I'm really curious to see how season seven goes because they have said that they're going to take the ending elements of what was going to be six and put them at the start of seven. So we'll see. And I guess this time next year ish or so, I'll tell you if, if that made sense. If the start of seven actually felt like the start of a season or it felt like it could have been the ending of six. Uh, we'll, we'll see. So that's what's happening with that. Your two main villains in season six are the characters of, of um, Bloodspot and the, the wife of the Mirror Master uh, of all people. So that's that's kind of the um, the the main villains. And also, the first half of this season, of course, features the crisis. So a good chunk of the first part of the season is Barry knowing that crisis is coming. And he's like, oh, man, you know, they're staying in crisis and I'm going to live through it. And he's preparing Iris. He's preparing Iris like, you know, I may not come out of this. And, but I want to know that you're going to be safe and, you know, the city's going to be okay and all that kind of stuff. So there's that. That's a big focus of the first half of the season <laughs> leading into crisis. All right. It's like, all right, that there's that crisis happens. And then the second half of it is the whole black hole society and, and the evil <laughs> wife of the mirror master storyline that plays into it. Also, you have a lot more developments this season around with the character of Elongated Man, Ralph Dibney. You get introduced to Sue Dearborn, which, if you know your comics, she uh, eventually goes on to be the wife of the Elongated Man. They don't, slight spoiler, they don't really go that, they establish they have a relationship, but <laughs> there's no hints of any kind of marriage, <clears throat> you know, anytime soon. You also get and then, and part of the mirror thing in this one is you get a very interesting interpretation of Iris. Uh, through good, through a good chunk of the season, and again, slight spoiler, Iris gets kidnapped or dragged to the mirrorverse, and so there's a mirror version of Iris <coughs> throughout most of the, the the latter half of the season. And this version of Iris, holy moly, you just want to reach out and go, stop being a dick. To, to Barry, because she just, oof, you know, you kind of know, but still, you just, not a lot of love for Iris in this season, because she's just not very nice at all. 
And and they're not doing the actress any favors. I hope, you know, come season seven, there's a bit of a redemption virus because, ooh, lady, um, they do not, they do not help her character in this. I, and a lot of people who really had a strong dislike for her at the end of this is like, wow, you just made her really unlikable. Uh, the season now, a lot of y'all are going to say, well, you know, this. you know, they may not, they may not agree with me. And it's just her being more assertive and, you know, taking control of her character and not being so reliant on Barry to save her all the time. But I don't know, man. I just, geez, near the end, you're like, you, you are just. Mm. So keep that in mind. One of the um, highlights of this season for me, the 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 character who plays um, who um, plays one of the main villains uh, is played by of uh, Dr. Ramsey Rosso, is played by Sendhil Ramath Ramamurthy. Now you're saying to yourself, you know, I um, I don't you know recognize that name so much. Like, you know, that, that name seems familiar, but I don't know who they are. He played the 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 kind of Professor Xavier character, the doctor, in in the um in the heroes. So it's so weird to see him play a villain in this one. He plays a doctor, but boy is he kind of a mean doctor. <laughs> In this season, so, so I really liked his performance. So, and and you know, no big spoiler here. Uh, blood work, sorry, blood work. He he oh, he. Let's say I think we'll be seeing more of blood work in season seven. It's a really creepy vision and it uh, villain, and he does feature feature. Um, he, he does do well, and I think it, it, is, it is in the comics, and yeah, we'll see more of him in Season 7. And a lot of Season 6 is the fallout what happened in Season 5 and Nora, and that kind of thing. Also, they, they do hint, there is a Thrawn kind of zoomy thing that they, that they deal with this season as well, and I could see that coming back in Season 7 too. Overall, a... a um, a good, a, a good, um, a good season. I, the press release is funny because it goes, just in time for the seventh season premiere. No, as uh, I told you before, Ramblers, seventh season of this show will not appear probably at the earliest until January. As the time of this recording, I've heard rumors that maybe it's gone back into production, but I don't know that for a fact. We shall see that the CW shows will be coming back in January. I hope so, really, because, you know, that'd be nice. And then maybe this time next year I can talk about season seven <laughs> of The Flash. We shall see. But uh, that is the case. A good season. Um, a lot of um, developments, too, with Cisco. Cisco has a very interesting arc in this one and his character. Ah... Yeah, goes through a lot of things and suffers from loss and feels regret of a decision he made before. Also, Danny Trejo, yay, is black are, are back, yeah, uh, at this season, which is fun. <laughs> uh, for extras, you don't get a lot. I I don't know what it is with the CW superhero shows, but they're really trimming back in the extras, which I find a lot of disappointing. You do get, um, you do though, <laughs> finally. Get commentary on an episode, although it's only with one of the producers, and that is on the um, episode "Kiss Kiss Kiss Breach um, uh, Noir." They they do do a noir episode of the show. So they do do a black and white version of the "Kiss Kiss Breach Breach" episode, the noir version. So you do get commentary with that. I wish again there was more commentary on shows, but. That's a step in the right direction. Although I would love to have had the character Cisco, you know, the character play the actor play Cisco's character actually comment with the producer. That 
would have been nice. Am I asking for too much for commentary anymore? Because it used to be a thing. Uh, you do get, a, once again, another copy of the best of the TV's Comic-Con San Diego panel from 2009. Repeat it again. So, as I said before, if you don't want to be spoiled on the uh, those seasons of those shows, and it does feature highlights from the, the panel... Uh, from Batwoman, The Flash, Black Lightning, Legends, and Batwoman. Uh, if you're only spoiled by by what happens in those seasons, wait till you watch the seasons, because this is very spoilery. Uh, and no Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> uh, it is what it is. I really don't like these cut-up versions. I like each of them to have their own. So that's, you know, it is what it is. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bet you that this, that the best of is going to repeat in all the other shows that are coming up. And I, I, I put my request in, so keep listening, Ramblers. You do get deleted scenes, which is cool, uh, uh, for some of the selected episodes. Yay, you do get a gag reel. Flash has been very consistent about gag reels, and you do get one for this season. Yay. But when it comes to anything specific to this release, that's it. I get no behind the scenes of this season, no featurettes talking about, you know, blood work and the mirror master angle and all that stuff. <sighs> that is a shame. Um, I did hear a rumor uh, when it comes to the actor who plays Ralph Dibney that something happened. I don't know if he'll be back for next season. There is rumor that some things happened with the actual actor. And they may be necessarily writing the actor out of the show, but not writing out the character. Because, of course, keep in mind that the character of Elongated Man has proven in the past, short-term-wise, he can change his appearance, look like another actor. But only short-term. So my guess is something will happen early in Season 7 if they replace the actor. Some chemicals, some who's a what's his thing... We'll splash on Ralph when he's not facing can when he's impersonating the new guy that's going to be him, and then he will get locked into that new actor's look. He'll still be able to do the stretchy and all that, but he won't. But it change his appearance back to the actor that was before. Some chemical, something will happen. That's how they'll probably write it out. I'm calling it right now. Before they even show it, if they're going to replace him, that's how they'll probably do it. It'd be like, oh, no, I'm stuck in this face. I can still stretch poo, but I can't change my appearance anymore. There you go. So that's my prediction. The other extra you get, because it is Blu-ray, you do get the bonus disc of the Crisis in Infinite Earth. So you can watch the whole Crisis Saga on... Uh, in a row. So if you have yet to pick up the other seasons of the shows uh, at this point, including um, Legends of Tomorrow and Supergirl, you can watch all the Crisis in one collection. I do like that. So it's same as on the Batgirl release. Uh, so if you get the DVD, you will not get this bonus disc. And the same featurettes appear. The Crisis Past and Present, Kevin Conroy, Bat Legend, Crisis on Infinite Earths, The Architect's Return, Crisis Past and Present, Superman vs. Superman, The Characters in Crisis Pariah, Crisis Mandarin, and Crisis Characters in Crisis, The Anti-Monitor. So all that stuff that I talked about previously in Batwoman and the digital release of Arrow Season 8 is repeated here. Just so you know. So if you want that, then you can get that. Um... Yeah, a little, I said, a little disappointed. I don't know uh, why they are cutting back on extras. The next one up in the CW that I've requested is Supergirl. Uh, season, I say six, five or six. The latest season of Supergirl from last year. That's up. And I still, on the way, I have requested um, Legends of Tomorrow and Stargirl. No yet. Word yet on Doom Patrol season three, um, but or season two, sorry. But as soon as I hear something, I'll let you know. And of course, you know, Ramblers, I'll be putting a request 
for that season as soon as I hear about a video release. More than likely, it's going to be when the third season is going to air. Um, which I have no idea when that's fitting out. It's the only reason we're getting these ones now is because these release dates were set pre-pandemic when these shows were supposed to start their new seasons because it wasn't for the global pandemic. All the new seasons of the shows <coughs> would have been filmed mostly by now and airing within the next month or two. So there you go. So that's the only reason we're getting them now. <laughs> Thankfully, they're not delaying them until the new year. So be thankful for that. So that that is it. Uh, a fun season of The Flash. A lot of conflict. Probably the most tension between Barry and Iris I have ever seen uh, in the show. And I'll give points to Candace Patton. She played a nasty Iris really well. <laughs> just, she really made me not like her. And and let's hope that for all you fans of the Barry Iris thing that somehow they can mend their ways when she gets her butt out of the Mirrorverse. They pretty much hinted at fandom that, that was going to happen. But the question being um, is, will this be a normal Iris or will she have a touch of crazy to her? Uh, that's key. Also, this season, they kind of wrote out the Wally West character of Keenan uh, Lan uh, Lonsdale. They didn't necessarily kill him, but they wrote him out in a way... I, I, he may come back in season seven. I don't know, but I wouldn't hold my breath uh, when it comes to... Also, yeah, it's some very interesting... Um, character elements with uh, Tom Cavanaugh playing Nash Wells, and then he gets a relationship in this one too. A lot of new cast members. You had Allegra join the team. You had a new love interest uh, for Cisco, Camilla, which I uh, Camilla reminds me a lot of Mary from Batwoman, but not as annoying, but a very similar type character. I don't know. It's so that is uh, a decent season of Flash. Again, I wish there were no, uh, wish there were more extras. Now, of course, um, for all you ramblers out there and, and my and fellow Canadian ramblers, this is just the Blu-ray release. The digital code will not be released with this release in Canada. That if you want the digital code, you need to get the U.S. release of it because, as I said before, ah, my fellow Canadians, you did not take advantage of the digital codes the CW Arrowverse shows. So no digital code for you unless you want to buy this through uh, digitally separately, like through iTunes or some other digital provider of the show. So yeah, it is what it is. And uh, that is the way it is. <laughs> so that is my take of The Flash, the complete sixth season on the Blu-ray. Courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. wrap things up for this edition of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me with a number of ways across the world wide web. You can always check me out on Twitter. I'm at Rambling Russ at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. -S. Tweet me on a tweet back and I appreciate any follows I get on Twitter. Any kind of news updates, any kind of new show postings, I generally throw them up on Twitter. Any kind of cover art I get when it comes to my releases, I put throw it up there as well. So hope you check me out and follow me. I'm also on the gram. Just type in Ramble with the Russell podcast. Find me there. Follow me on Instagram and I will follow you back. And I hope to put up some more content there. I did try something and it didn't work. So we'll maybe try again sometime soon. Uh, so I'm giving that a little bit of an experiment. As always, you can catch brand new shows right here in the TalkShoot Network. I'm show ID 18411. Feel free to drop a review on my TalkShoot page. I've noticed the numbers going up recently, so thank you for checking out the show. Welcome to all new listeners out there. Of course, you can check out uh, new shows on iTunes and um, 
So I said, you can check out new shows on Google Play, which is changing soon, but I will migrate to the new thing, and on Spotify and many directories across the World Wide Web. Of course, you can check out older shows on my original website, which is on Libsyn. That's HTTP full colon backslash backslash ramblingrust.libsyn.libsyn.libsyn.libsyn.libsyn.libsyn.libsyn.libsyn.libsyn.libsyn.libsyn.libsyn.libsyn.libsyn.libsyn.libsyn.libsyn.libsyn.libsy